Welcome, everybody, to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob. This is episode six on Thursday night from my apartment in Midtown Manhattan, home to the 2018 Big Ten Tournament Championship. But before we get into any of that, and before we do anything else in this podcast, we want to give you an update on the best point guard in the Big East, as deemed by Fox Sports' incandescent brilliance. Chiron Cartwright. Guys, we've got a lot of ground to cover tonight, but let's be real. Your focus tonight and last night should have been on Chiron Cartwright. He had a big game playing Xavier, the number one team in the Big East. (sighs) Big game at Xavier. Chiron Cartwright, best player. What happens in big games? Best players step up. Absolutely. What did Chiron do? Well, Chiron was just straight killing it. He was five from nine. We could have used some of that shooting. He contributed a big 10 points and 5 assists, so I'll take that. He also tried to even that out with a little bit of 4 personal fouls. Nice. Almost fouled out. Almost fouled out. He was in foul trouble a lot of the game. Did you watch that game? No, Ed Cooley I thought was going to rip the rest of his hair out. (laughs) Oh, that's that's rough. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's really rough. He was. Yeah, I I know. I know it's rough. But I I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) He was. He was. He was so upset at the refs. He was really upset at the refs. It was, look, it was actually a big game for Villanova because we needed Providence to win to really give us a shot at taking home another Big East championship because, let's be real, Xavier's playing DePaul, and DePaul only has Max Struess. So it doesn't matter, as we said before, it does not matter how loose the Struess is on Saturday. If Xavier wins this game, they probably take home the Big East championship. They don't probably. They definitely take home the Big East well, they, they already they claimed the share. share. They were they were they were like I felt like they stole our trophy. They like dancing around after the game with the with the big with the Big East tournament. I mean the Big East championship trophy. Uh, man, it didn't look right. It di- it didn't look right. I mean, this is the first time it happened. Chiron really tried to derail it, but unfortunately it seems like Chiron really only gets up to play Villanova and he couldn't get the job done. So Xavier picks up the win. Chiron is thwarted. However, his candidacy for Big East Player of the Year continues. And maybe that first-team All-American nod as well. I think he's going to be... Chiron might be third-team Big East, like the best player on the third-team Big East. (laughs) That might be true. So, So for some of our listeners who may have joined us after the first episode, Fox Sports referenced and described Chiron Cartwright at one point earlier this season as the best point guard in the Big East. To which I was watching the game casually and almost spit out my water. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's blasphemy. So, look, we wanted to give Chiron a nod. He actually played a terrific game against us. Didn't show up against Xavier. So, it is what it is. Xavier gets the win. They have at least a share of the Big East title. Unless they lose to DePaul on Saturday, they'll take home the whole thing. Providence is in desperate condition. Providence needs to win on Saturday and pick up another in the Big East tournament, I think. Or oh, I don't think they're going to make it. They might not. But, but that's Providence. Yeah, that's Providence. Butler Butler goes into 
St. John's yesterday. And St. John's is not have, doesn't even have Shamori Ponds. And Butler loses. Yeah. What the heck is going on? In double OT. This whole season makes no sense. The whole there's, season makes th- no there's sense. There's no sense to be made in this entire season. It's just absolute insanity. It is insanity. But, I mean, hey, let's talk about our insanity that we had to deal with last night. Because I was definitely pulling my hair out. It was a m- miserable game to watch. I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't either. I don't want to talk about it. I think there's a couple things. First off... Kudos to my wife, Linda, who is a Penn State grad who I've converted into a Villanova Yo, basketball No, no, no. Fan. Linda is a saint because she puts up with your insanity and she has no connection to Villanova aside from you. you don't limit the insanity to just Villanova. That's she true. puts up That's with true. me all the time. <laughs> That's fair. So, so, yes, I agree. Linda is a saint. <laughs> but, but she watches lovingly watches Villanova basketball games with me while I'm flipping out or going bananas yep. about whatever. And last night, she sat through, miserably sat through, that Seton Hall Villanova, whatever the heck that was last night. Because calling it a basketball game was yeah. not exactly what it was. <laughs> no. So so she, at the moment that game ends, she looks at me and she goes, I'm going to bed and I'm getting out of here because I cannot be associated with this game anymore. She couldn't even watch the post-game interview. Like, seeing Jay Wright on the screen getting post-game interviewed was way, way, way too much. She's like, I can't watch that because I want I want to peel out my eyes. <laughs> Understandable, and I love Villanova basketball, and I felt the same way. Yeah. It was it was not fun. But anyway, I mean, look, what were... The, the only high point to me was, I guess the defense was good. Omari... Look, Omari Spellman, we like to talk about the Memphis 08 team of men. Omari Spellman... You like to talk th- about true. the Memphis 08 team of men. That's true. It, it's really only me. You've been talking about them for 10 years. For 10 years. Wow, that seems like a long time. Pretty much every season, college basketball comes around. I like to reference it as many times as I can. Clearly, yeah. we've done it a few times on the podcast. It's, a, it's an obsession. It's an obsession. But anyway, Omari Spellman playing... Against Angel Delgado last night, who is a double-double machine and gets mad respect across the country for just being one of the most effective big men, period. Yeah. Omari Spellman played like a man. Yeah. Delgado had nothing going. I think Angel Delgado wanted to go home after like 20 minutes of that game last night. Did you see there was one shot they panned to him? I don't know. It's probably a timeout or something like that. They panned to Delgado, his face, he's got just got this look of, I'm out of here. Like, I'm back in my dorm room at this point. He's just yeah. totally in a different location. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was miserable. Absolutely miserable. Spellman, Spellman was awesome. Phenomenal. Spellman was terrific on the defensive end. I think he had like nine points or something like that, but 14 boards. I think Omari's rebounding has gotten a lot better this year. He is a very active rebounder. And when you consider... And he's a quick jumper. So when yeah. you consider how the shape he was in, that's all the strength and conditioning program. And it's a credit to Omari for being that aggressive. We've gotten on Omari before on his defensive rotations, etc. And when he got tired at the end of the game last night, I thought he was a little slow on the pick and roll recoveries. But that being said, 
Yeah, we give we give Omar a lot of shit on this podcast. Yeah, we we give him a hard time, but credit when credit we, wait, was due. We, we give him a lot of hard time because you and I could do better. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely better. Definitely, you know, a five seven and five ten white guy, white guys who are Villanova fans with minimal basketball playing experience. Yes, could do better than uh, Omari Spellman. Yeah, it's it, anyway. We we give Omari a hard time, but look, we love Omari. And last night he was he was phenomenal. He was electric. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, so that's a big bright line. I think the. Other bright spot, and you mentioned it, was the defensive effort. That was our best defensive game, in my opinion, in a long time. Now, Seton Hall was without Desi Rodriguez, which kind of made them a little bit... That gave them less dimensions. I mean, he is their leading scorer. Yeah, gave them definitely gave them less dimensions. But Kevin Willard's a good coach, and that team's a good team. I mean, they'll get their stuff... They're going to get their stuff together, clearly. They went through a rough patch in the middle of the season where they kind of fell out of the rankings, but... They're actually on the up and up. I feel like Seen Hall goes through that rough patch every year. It's yeah. like, how much turmoil is there in the locker room this year? How little control does Kevin Willard have of his team? I don't know. Let's look at his face. He seems like he's spaced out every game, but whatever. Yeah. January every year, Seton Hall, and early February, Seton Hall literally hates each other. It's, it's they really hate each other from January to early February. And then mid-February, it's like, oh, the end of the season's coming up. You know what? I really like you. I really like you too, man. Let's play basketball. And then they start to play well again. They play well again. I'm hoping that Seton Hall wins a game in the NCAA tournament this year. But they're, they're going. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. So, they're going. They're going. Uh, so. Whatever. Other bright spots. Jalen. Jalen. Jalen in the last ten, five minutes. Ten, five, ten minutes, including overtime. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Ten minutes, including overtime. Jalen looked actually sick i was asking is jalen actually sick and then and then with five minutes left in the game he was he like woke up and was like oh wait i'm like the national player of the year i gotta go win this game yeah no and then he was ridiculous he was no he was ridiculous i think like what's happened is espn narrative of trey young as national player of the year is starting to change trey young watched the piece last saturday at college game day and he's like hot you know what I'm probably not their player of the year. He texted Jalen yesterday. I don't think Jalen got the text until like midway through the second half during a timeout. Just like, oh yeah, this is my this is my award to lose. Yeah. And so he then came out and just crushed it. He was a monster in the paint, incredibly clutch, and just doing what he does. Yeah. But we were talking in the last podcast about not making the winning plays in the Creighton game. Well. This game, we made the winning plays. We made enough winning plays. Oof. Certainly not enough winning inbounds plays, but we oh made enough God. winning plays. Let's talk about the inbounds plays. Jay Wright has got to have the largest dichotomy between his worst inbounds plays, which is most of his inbounds plays, and his top inbounds plays, which are three of the most important inbounds plays of the last 12 years of the Villanova basketball of, of the Jay Wright Villanova basketball era. No, I mean if you're so if you're an outside Villanova watcher, you probably come in and you'd say, "Wow, Jay Wright is a great inbounds coach." Draws him up awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Literally, I mean, you've got Scotty Reynolds, 09, you've got obviously 2016, and then you've got... You got the Will Sheridan layup, or the goaltend layup. 06, again. The best basket yeah, yeah. that never went in. Against BC, uh, yeah. Uh, against BC in the Sweet 16 was an inbounds play. Yeah. And we ran earlier that year against Cincinnati in uh, Cunningham. 
got the got the bucket. Yeah. So, so Jay gets his best plays or inbounds plays, and yet the rest <laughs> of his inbounds plays. Like if you were an alien, and you came down, and you're going, and you and you walk upon the hall of, and you get to the hall of fame, and you see Jay Wright in there as the hall of fame because he's a future hall of famer. Absolutely. And, and you see his best plays, you're gonna be like, wow. If we can just tap Jay Wright's inbounds play knowledge, <laughs> it's not at all. Yeah. What you want. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'll trade, I'll, like, I'll take those three glorious inbounds plays for the mess that we have a number of times. Frankly, I thought we were kind of out of that phase for a while because it seemed like we were pretty competent. Maybe we just weren't in that situation for a while, but. But it is what it is. But I mean, hey, look, we got we got out of there with the win, the inbounds. Fine, it got the job done. Jalen got fouled at the end. Timu did not get out of there with the inbounds. Success is North Carolina this week. Ooh. Did you see this? Yeah. So for those who didn't see it, and I don't know how you didn't, but North Carolina suffered a sequence that was jarringly similar to the end of the 2016 National Championship. So North Carolina was playing from behind the entire game at home in the Dean Dome versus Miami. Not a bad team. No, not a bad team. They're going to be teetering on the edge of the rankings yeah, all year. Yeah. And Miami uh, – sorry. So Miami's got a three-point lead with like, I don't know, 10, 12 seconds left. Joel Berry runs down the court – drills a clutch three-pointer with like five or so seconds left. Miami does not call timeouts. This is one big difference. Then they rush out the gate. And then I think it was Jaquan Newton crosses half court, kind of like a real shot, kind of like a heave, buries it at the buzzer. The Dean Dome went from absolute pandemonium to absolute silence in a matter of seconds. It was Insane. If I was a North Carolina fan, I might just jump down from the second deck. Could you, and, like, wait, could you imagine if you're Joel Berry, yeah. who's been in that situation? He lived through Villanova, and now he lives through this. He's just got to be like, come on, dude. Oh, I think in the postgame presser, he said, so I don't know the exact quote, but he said something like, I, I don't know why this keeps happening to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. You almost feel bad. Uh, I, w- I was on... Um, I was on Reddit after this game, and somebody posted a link. I hadn't seen this before, but... For all the Villanova fans out there, you've got to check this video out. It's a video from from 2016 from the National Championship game. There's some student at UNC who's recording from the Dean Dome where they've got the live stream of the National Championship. And of course, it's all, you know, it's all UNC students. Everybody's so jacked up. And you guys know what happens, right? Marcus Page hits the shot. Everybody goes crazy. All these students are rushing out of the court. There's so much energy. Of course, Jenkins comes down, buries the three. Man, the energy just wiped out of this place just like it was the other night against Miami. It is fun to watch. And if you're in need of an uplift midweek, check that video out. It will absolutely put a smile on your face. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was, it was a rough loss for UNC. But, I mean, they're looking like a good team. So... Yeah, Roy Williams got them rounding into shape. He did. He absolutely did. All right, so what do you want to – so I think we got the game recap. I don't want to talk about the game anymore. It was so so bad. We we talked about the game plenty. Uh, What do you want to hit next? Um, It was Father Peter's birthday the other day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So so Father Peter Donahue, president of Villanova University, uh, his birthday was yesterday. Noah, I actually don't know how old he is. 
It's kind of bad. I feel like we should. Yeah, we should know about it uh, because Father Peter actually said both Rob and I's weddings. So anything we say, Father Peter, if you happen to get wind of this, anything you hear from Garnett. There is zero shot Father Peter's listening to this podcast. I mean, there's zero shot. But look, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there just in case. Yeah. To your point, if Father Peter or any of his or any of his people working in the president's office or anything like that hear this podcast, we promise this is totally good natured. But we wish Father Peter the ha- best happy birthday. But we feel responsible given to how badly he made fun of us at our respective weddings. You have you have it coming, Father Peter. He destroyed both of us in his homilies for good reason. Absolutely. But this is our opportunity to get it back. So. We're going to do just that. And what we thought was a good segment is Father P- what Father Peter is thinking about during Villanova basketball games or during certain Villanova basketball moments. Yeah, Fa- and- Father Peter's not really like – Father Peter's a great Villanova supporter. I, obviously the biggest Villanova supporter. I don't think anyone ever would ever accuse him of being the biggest Villanova basketball fan. Yeah. If you know Father Peter, you know sports, not his thing. Not his thing. <laughs> Definitely not. But, but he loves Villanova, yep. and because of that, he knows that he has to go to all the most important Villanova events. And so that means that he's at almost every Villanova basketball game. He goes to all the alumni events where everyone's asking him about basketball and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. Oh, my God. And he probably pretends like he knows 80% of the people who come up to him and – He's like, he acts really nice. I'm like, you probably don't want to talk oh, to yeah. him. Father Peter is like the best guy. He's a, he's a saint. He's but a saint. what are some of the things that Father Peter's thinking about at certain times? So so let's go through some best plays. And if you have any other ideas, please tweet at us at, at the full 40. That's 4-0. Uh, but I got, maybe we start with last night. I, I feel like if he's watching the last night's game, which I don't think he was at last night's game, he's got to be sitting in there saying, wait, people – pay for this yeah this is this is horrible yeah and they don't want to come watch fiddler on the roof like come on this is atrocious like i, I don't want to look i love college basketball it was brutal yeah. absolutely brutal as we touched on um what do you think he was thinking about during the, the national championship game there's probably like so many things going through his mind that aren't basketball related like jenkins hits the shot and he's thinking about oh my god i'm gonna have to deal with this for like the next year <laughs> yeah how many <laughs> interviews do i have to do after this about college basketball. Right. Uh, oh, wait, do you remember, like, he got interviewed by, like, Fox News, and he looked absolutely miserable <laughs> after after they won. He looked miserable after they won. Yeah, because everyone's interviewing everybody. Yeah. Um, Literally, if you're affiliated with Villanova, you get an interview. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think we got any interviews. Um, I did not. No. No. Shockiness of me. Nobody wanted our opinion. Yeah, uh, I don't know why anyone wants our opinion. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but then, what, what do you also? Jay Wright famously doesn't react to Chris Jenkins burying the buzzer, buzzer beater. Every other, every other like big coach when they win on a big shot, like Jim Valvano, that's an epic shot of him running around the court like a madman. Yeah. Um, and so most college basketball coaches, most human beings would react with some element of joy. And Father Peter, uh, Father Peter, Jay Wright says, bang. Bang. And walks and like, you can see like almost like feels bad, immediately feels bad for Roy Williams. Yeah, immediately congratulate, you know, like great game, great game. You know, yeah. Terrific. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. 
Father Peter's probably watching that from like the perspective of like watching a play, and he sees Jay Wright not reacting. He goes, "No one's gonna buy that performance. Not what realistic. are you talking about? What's that? Not realistic. We gotta work on this. <laughs> Let's do another take." <laughs> Nobody's gonna buy it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So he had to, he had to put up with all that. I, the other thing I got to think about is um, a few years ago, and Villanova was thinking about moving up to Division One in football, right. trying to move up, and then went on for months and months and months. It was, it was ad nauseum, and that was the only it was the only story about what was going on. I got to think at some point he's sitting there saying, "Can, can somebody else take care of this? Like, can can I just sell the athletic department? Is there literally nothing else that we can talk about?" I'll just I'll just give our program to UConn. Like it doesn't even matter. Just just take it off my hands. Yeah, yeah. No, probably want no part of that decision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it worked out pretty well. It did man. work out pretty well. <laughs> hey, that's twenty twenty. Hey, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the campus project, the campus renovation project uh, on the other side of uh, Lancaster Avenue, is coming along pretty nice. Like the facade's starting to go up on the buildings. It looks great. It does look great. A lot of crosses. Yeah, the crosses on the bridge with the Radnor Township people freaked out. We got to do a whole segment. Oh my god! In the off season, yeah. If, if about- you guys, if you guys don't follow this, Radnor Township. I mean, I think pretty much everybody's aware. Radnor Township is crazy. People who live in Radnor Township don't realize when they move in that Villanova University has been around for a hundred and seventy years at this point. And they move in, and they're like, "Oh wait, whoa! I did not know there was a college campus here." And I did not know that was a Catholic college campus, and I am offended by that. So anyway, people were very offended that there were going to be crosses on the bridge on over the bridge. over Lancaster Avenue. So anyway, meanwhile they were complaining before about oh man, we got to do a whole segment. We, we really should dedicate a segment to this. They were complaining before about the fact that students would cross in that intersection on Lancaster around by the by the. Um, in between the main parking lot and the church. Yeah. And so we put a bridge there to suit that need. And then and then the moment we put a cross on the bridge, they're like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. Mind you, there are a few crosses on the very large church over there wait, as well. Too. There's a massive church that you can't miss. <laughs> Not sure if you saw that one there. But anyway, okay. So so a lot of good Father Peter stuff. Father Peter, we love you. Hope to see you in uh, in a week or so. Uh, he'll be at the Big East tournament, just tournament. in all of his glory. You think he you think he sneaks out mid game to check out a couple plays on Broadway? I mean, he, I know he loves the the theater scene, so it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe we can he can be a guest on the on the podcast next week. Yeah. I doubt it. He doesn't have that much patience. No, <laughs> he doesn't have not have that much patience. Um, all right. So speaking of speaking of the the Big East tournament. The precursor to the Big East tournament, yes, is happening right now. Yeah, as I as I let off, the Big Ten tournament championship is happening as we speak. In fact, as we are filming this, there is, I'm sure, a very exciting game going on between Northwestern, an underachieving program from Chicago, and Penn State. Shout out Pat Chambers and Dwayne Anderson and That's Ross true. Condon, who That's are all a part of the coaching staff. I didn't staff. realize Ross was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, so job. shout out to all those. Former Villanova guys, but Northwestern from Chicago and Penn State from you know Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, State College, Pennsylvania, are uh, teeing off in Madison Square Garden, in which I'm sure is a heavily attended spectacle. Oh god, it's so bad. It was it was such a bad idea. 
I think yeah. tickets are going for like I thought I saw tickets going for this afternoon session for like three bucks on Vivid Seats. It's it's really bad, and it's one of these. It's a great. This should be a great. How'd that work out for you? And and it did not. We already know that it hasn't worked out for them because Jim Delaney, the commissioner of the Big Ten, announced before it started. Before the tournament started, started like we're never doing this again. He didn't, he didn't say never. He said he said, look, we're gonna go back to Midwest. Based tournaments, Indianapolis, where it's traditionally been held. Great. I mean, look, a lot of great tradition there. A lot of excitement. It's actually near the schools. Shocking idea. You mean Rutgers wasn't a big enough footprint for you? Oh, my God. Did you see the sign? Did you see the the post on Twitter? Oh, my God. The sign is hysterical. You guys have to look this up. There is a sign in the ground. So you ever go to, like, an amusement park, like Disney World, for example, and they have those signs around with, like, the different arrows pointing in different directions. So, if, like, you're in the Magic Kingdom, like, Tomorrowland's this way and Frontierland's that way and all this other stuff. Well, the Big Ten decided to put a sign like that in the middle of Manhattan to point to where the other Big Ten schools are. Except, oh, wait, one problem. They're all in one direction, west. And none of them are close. None of them are close. So it's all like 800 miles, 1,000 miles. Uh, Rutgers is 31 miles, so kudos (laughs) to that. Um, And then Maryland's the only one that's like a little bit south. But it's all pointing west. It's crazy. And again, it is shocking that Rutgers was uh, not a big enough draw to really fill MSG. As so shocking as that Someone movie. tweeted out, like, with the person who tweeted the photo had good, it was like a BTN person, Big Ten Network person, who tweeted out, like, oh, look at this nice touch. And then someone immediately responded, it's like, a nice touch to remind us how stupid this idea was. <laughs> it's really bad. That said, I mean, look, it's Thursday night here. We could get tickets, like you said, for, for three bucks. I would 100% go and just hang out at MSG, but let's be real, it wouldn't be to watch the joy of Northwestern Penn State. It would be to just drink some beers, have some hot dogs, and spend way more money on the food than I did on the ticket. Yeah. MSG's a great place to watch a college basketball game. Absolutely. And, and I think we would go. I, I, I might want to go tomorrow. Yeah. To see like Ohio State and Purdue, there's some good teams in the nightcap. Yeah, they're, 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 look, we don't want to, we we hated on the Big Ten a little bit earlier, but I mean they've got some good teams. Michigan State's a, a legit team. Purdue is a legit team. Ohio State's had a great year. Yeah. Chris Holtman's had a Chris Holtman's really had a, a wonderful season there. Got that Big East alum right there. So yeah. So all right, with that, let's. Uh, do you want to go to halftime? Yeah, maybe let's go to halftime and, and get a word from our our recurring sponsor. All right, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hey guys, are you like me and love to look good but don't have the time to go out and shop for new clothes? Try Bombfell, spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L. It is a stylist service for men and how it works is really simple. You sign up, put in your measurements, tell them what you like. Bombfell then assigns you a stylist. That stylist picks out clothes that fit your body and personality and sends you a box. The box gets shipped to your door and bang, open and close. And for the listeners of The Full 40, you can sign up with us to receive $25 off your first purchase. Just go to bombfell.com backslash full 40. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com backslash full 40, F-U-L-L four zero and sign up. And remember, Bombfell, open and close. 
All right, guys, uh, welcome back to the full 40. We're a little bit past halftime now. Per uh, usual, seems per to be usual. Our recurring theme. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that came out this, this week is that the NCAA is experimenting with new rules for at the NIT tournament to try out different things just to see how it goes to see, you know, it's almost like a, um, a pilot, so to speak, to see how it looks, how it feels. Um, so some rule changes. And they've done this in the past. I think they've done this like three out of the last four years. The biggest one I think that everyone remembers is they experimented with the 30-second shot clock. Uh, it used to be 35, and they moved it down to 30. That was, a, that was a great rule change. Scoring is up. The game is a lot more exciting. It's a lot of fun. Um, so just to go, let's go through some of the rule changes, see how we think it works, and then, and then we'll go through some other stuff as well. The first rule change is that they're moving the three-point line back one foot eight inches, so almost like two feet, and to make it consistent with the same distance used in the uh, FIBA, the International Basketball Association. W- what do we think about that? I mean, it's a big difference. Two feet's a, a, a big difference, but I would say as it relates to Villanova, given how Dante and from where Dante was jacking threes last night, it seems to have no effect on oh, Yeah, that team. attempted buzzer beater from like 30 feet. Uh, that and, and a couple others too. I mean, this team is just, oh yeah, there's the NBA three-point line is on the court. Yeah, I'll just shoot it from there instead. Like, might as well get some practice for the next level. Yeah. I, I think that, I, I remember when, when we were in college, the, the, the three-point line was actually at the top of the, it started at the top of the key and went from there. So it was a lot closer. Then they moved it back a foot or so uh, a few years back. So, um, the, so this would move it back an, another bunch I think where they might end up settling is probably somewhere in between, like maybe moving back another foot. I think that would be probably pretty good, um, especially for teams who like to space it, who like to space the floor. Um, so I think it's an interesting thing. I mean, clearly college players can hit from deeper. Yeah. From when You see people teeing off from everywhere now. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, that's definitely moved. Like it's following the NBA trend. The three-point shooting is very much in vogue, so I wouldn't – I would expect that one to, to stick around a little bit to some extent. The next one is the free throw lane, so the paint, is being widened from 12 feet to 16 feet, uh, which is consistent with the NBA. So yeah. they're, they're trying this out in the NIT this year. That's one to me is pretty interesting. So if you watch basketball games in the NBA and the NCAA, immediately it like strikes your eyes that the paint is much smaller in college than it is in the NBA. I think that this is – I think it's good to expand it. But I think one of the things that – one of the byproducts they'll create is more three-second violations. And people are just going to lose their spacing. It's like that's four feet. Probably, that's two yeah, feet on each yeah. side. That's like a big difference. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, no, not for us. I mean Jay will probably just go to like – instead of like four out, one in, he'll just go to five, five out. Five out, yeah. Just screw it. We're just not going to put anybody yeah, in the paint. Uh, we don't need the paint. <laughs> it's fine. F the paint. We, don't well, need it. we have to shoot well enough from three. We'll just – no rebounds. Yeah. From the deeper three. <laughs> From the deeper three, nobody in the paint. It's a bold strategy. But it's interesting because that will definitely make rebounding on a free throw a little bit more yeah. hec- hectic, yeah. right? Because a lot of times free throw rebounds, I mean, sometimes you see some craziness happen. But a lot of times it's not. You give people now two extra feet of space and you can see people flying in from everywhere. So uh, I actually think that'll be a big difference. Again, this is one of those things where I don't think they'll go – from 12 feet to 16 feet, I think they might inch it up, maybe 12 to 14 feet. 
So one foot on either side, but I think it's a good change. Um, the biggest one for me is that the games will be divided into four 10-minute quarters as to as opposed to two 20-minute halves, which the, the women's NCAA plays uh, – Quarters. That's true. They already did that. Yeah. The NBA plays quarters. Every other basketball like associate, I think high school plays high school qu- plays quarters. Every yeah. other basketball league ever basically plays in quarters. So I actually think this is a good change. And the added benefit here is that if you go to quarters, right, you have one media timeout in the middle, right. So, so wait, at the under five, you would have a media timeout in each quarter. As opposed to in the halves, every four minutes you have a media timeout. So it's actually two less media timeouts. So does that mean less of Seton Hall's horrible commercials? Uh, we should have brought this up during the Seton Hall part. <laughs> we really should have. The Seton Hall University commercial that rolls during basketball games is atrocious. If you, if you did not catch it during the game, please take a minute out of your day and go watch it for a laugh. It'll it's, be as ugly as the game last night. It is really bad. The, the, the way the commercial goes, right, is it starts with one of the basketball players with, the ba- with a basketball in their hands saying, oh, if you heard of Seton Hall, you probably heard about basketball, which I don't think anyone had that reaction. <laughs> no, you're, you're not a top 25 team. You're like top 40. Right. Great. Yeah, so like, yeah, you might have heard of Seton Hall's <laughs> basketball, but you might also just be like, is that the one that's in Newark? <laughs> Are they in the Big East? Um, so then, then they pass it off to a bunch of different students, right? And they also pass it off to a priest in the Hall Nine Yards. And it's not bad. Although although you were saying to me before the game that it's like they stole it from an Office episode. Yeah, so if you guys watch The Office, there's a, there's a great episode where Dunder Mifflin makes a, a commercial. And it's basically the same concept. And I'm like, guys, look, if you're seeing all and you're making a commercial and it's basically the same premise of The Office, which is a mockumentary just try a different try a different approach. It's right. not the way to go. So then the final piece of the Seton Hall commercial is they pass the basketball back to Angel Delgado. Who is a, a great player. Yeah, we like Angel, actually. I, I really liked Angel Delgado. But he then proceeds to like say, like, oh yeah, and we're really good at basketball too. And then runs to make runs to the basket to put it in. You think he's gonna throw down this like Big windmill, dunk, like tomahawk jam, like complete the thing, like big, like stamp at the end of the commercial. No, just like a routine layup line like, layup. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> who who directed that? Said yeah, yeah. Just go for the layup. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just just lay it in. It'll make us look nicer. <laughs> I just I don't. Oh, understand. that's bad. It's so bad. It was really not good directing. Anyway, at least we're not seeing Hall. Yeah, so we will see less commercials, and also we'll see less of those. I think it's Buick commercials with the oh. dun 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 dun. I God. hate those commercials. Um, NCAA tournament commercials are like when you first hear them, it's like ah, the tournament's back. Yeah, yeah. Like the commercials that I'm so used to, and then after hearing it like a thousand times, you're like stop it, please. <laughs> yeah, please. This is what the mute button's for. Yeah. Um, so I think that the quarters would be a nice change. I would not be surprised to see that be implemented pretty soon. I mean, given the consistency, yeah. And then the shot clock, this is not that big of a one, but the shot clock is going to be reset after an offensive rebound. So ball hits the rim, the offense uh, gets it back. It Instead of going back to the full 30 seconds, full shot clock, it will only go to 20 seconds, which I think is a good change. 
you get 30 seconds on a shot clock, but theoretically some of that time is taking the ball up the court. So, and you have only 10 seconds to cross the half, the, the half court. So I think that if you get a rebound and you're in the offensive zone already, 20 seconds is an appropriate amount of time. So that'll speed the game up a little yeah. bit. Anyway, we had an idea and we said, so, okay, so the NCAA is coming out with rules. What are some rules? And we asked our followers on Twitter, which we have like 20. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, we, come asked on. we need more than, more than 20. Yeah. At least we know they're all real. Throw us a bone. And I think two of them are me and Chris, so we got yeah. like 18. Yeah. <laughs> so we said, we asked our, our followers on Twitter, what are some rule changes that you would implement designed to help Villanova? And so we called it hashtag TF40 rules. Well, we could be a hashtag that we can come back to throughout the season. So keep using it if you want. I think it was globally trending for a while. Actually. It was definitely not globally <laughs> trending. As many tweets as I tried to put out, it wasn't enough to get it going. So one of the ones that was uh, Villanova always wins on Father Peter's birthday. So it looks like that rule was implemented. Check. Check. Great. We won the Seton Hall game despite our best efforts. Another one uh, from Rice Cakes 12 uh, was one point awarded to Villanova in following game per utterance of Villanova basketball in the previous game's post-game press conference. I would say while that is a great suggestion and is actually the basis for the name of our podcast, The Full 40, referring to the Full 40 Minutes of Villanova Basketball, there has not been a lot of Full 40 Minutes of Villanova Basketball played as of late, but a great suggestion. I like it nonetheless. I'm sure Jay will be pushing it in his... Uh, his radio show this week. Yep. We'll see. Another one from the mailbag uh, is extra points for bench enthusiasm and coaches in double-breasted suits. Coach, yeah. So Jay likes the double-breasted suit, which is coming back a little bit. The double-breasted is very in. I will say Jay's suit game, I think, varies about as much as his inbounds play. I think Jay gets way too too much credit for his suits. He's got some stellar suits where just, he looks... He's just good-looking. He, that's the difference. So he he's pulls very off looking. everything. Right. Because but he's got some great suits. He's also got some duds. He wore a black one the other day, and I, said, I wanted to say, Jay, look, you wear black to funerals. And that's it. And that's it. Like, weddings were even past black, unless it's a tux. Just funerals. There's no need to bring out the black. This is not 2000. This is not the 1990s. Put it in the closet. I think you have enough money to buy a new suit. Hey, Bombfell, give Jay a free subscription to Bombfell. Send him some clothes. Update the wardrobe a little bit. That's how you're going to get some new customers. That's right. Certainly not by sponsoring this podcast. (laughs) It's probably not true. (laughs) It's probably true. Um, Another one from from, uh, one of our listeners, Sarah Barnett. Number of exclamation points in Jay's postgame tweet equals number of extra timeouts in the next game. So that's an interesting thing. So a couple extra timeouts if we need to spend them. Jay's tweet game, Twitter game, is – I'm not saying it's like Donald Trump's Twitter game. But Donald Trump right, has like a very set way of doing a tweet. Like it's always like one thing, two thing, and then like sad, right? Jay Wright I is like – I make like a Dr. Seuss joke there. Like one thing, two thing. Anyway, <laughs> Jay's – Twitter game is always like after a loss or after any game away, it's like, congrats to at other team. Uh, what a great environment. One of the best in college basketball. What a well-coached team. Great effort. We really appreciate you guys hosting us. Best of luck rest of the season. Like always like, and then followed by like a thousand exclamation points. Yes, absolutely. Even though we just got smoked by that team, they were cussing at us, whatever. Yeah. 
I he always make, it makes you wonder if like Jay ever slides like in the Providence game at Providence like they were chanting like F U J right which I don't know if you saw they had like a um in the post game like their president sent out like a note to the university oh, I missed this now being like being like that was not representative of who we are as Providence all right, all right. as the Providence College blah yeah. blah blah so they got reprimanded um, but you ever wonder if Jay like sends the nice tweet out. And then, like, slides into, like, Ed Cooley's DMs. <laughs> and it's just like, yo, what the F? What was that? Yeah, why? What is going on? Like, tell your students to calm down. Chill out, man. It's a basketball game. Speaking of telling students to calm down, you see our boy Buzz Williams at Buzz, Virginia Tech. Buzz with hair. So, Virginia Tech beat Duke on Monday. And during the game, like, they, Virginia Tech students were shouting all kinds of obscenities at... At Duke and their players, and whatever. we never we're, did, never did that. Oh, we, we were saints. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we definitely yelled "Start the tractor" at Oof. Bob Huggins Oof. and West Virginia. Well deserved. I am from year. Appalachia. Well deserved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was very an Appalachian uh, unfriendly joke. Yeah. I'm surprised you joined in. I know. Um, but so Buzz Williams gets on the microphone mid game and goes to the student section and goes, guys, stop the cussing. Stop the cussing. Cut, cut it out. Like, this is not who we are. And then, like, the fans cheered and then the rest of the game was great. Like, yeah. that's a pretty good move. That's great. No, good Never for, seen good anything like that before. I, I still, like we said, I still do miss Buzz a little bit. Would you try, I'd, st- I'd trade Steve Wojciechowski oh, for oh, Buzz in a heartbeat. Second. In a second. Both very sweaty. <laughs> very sweaty. Um, but I would totally, Buzz Williams is a good coach. He's a great coach. He had Marquette rolling. Marquette was really why good. He left. Yeah. Ugh. Jimmy right, anyway. Butler went to like. I know. And they had, I know. Jay Crowder. Yeah. There were some good NBA players came out of Marquette. Anyway, that's a different topic. Um, a couple other ones. This one, courtesy of uh, James Styles. If a subpar free throw shooter is on the line in a critical moment, Nova is given the right to swap him out. Yeah, I don't know if we have anybody I'd want to swap out to be. Yeah, Jalen, eighty percent free throw shooter, but bricks the front end yesterday that would have sealed the deal in uh, regulation. Dude, I saw I was watching the Xavier game before it. Xavier has five guys who shoot over eighty percent. Let's like call in a favor and grab some of the Xavier guys and sub yeah. them. In. So, to to we'll James Styles, we'll James Styles. We're, we're rephrasing this one. If a subpar free throw shooter is on the line in a critical moment, Nova is given the right to swap. Any player in from the Big East. It's a broad range. <laughs> yeah. To shoot our free throws. Yeah. Uh, another one from, uh, from Sandro Rocco. Uh, not sure how this works, but here it goes. Every time we break a hand, we subtract a loss. So three broken hands on this team. That'll take us to a one loss on the yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, in which case, we would definitely be the front runner for the overall one seed. So we're all in agreement there. Nothing to argue with there. Uh, we had a couple hand ones that came out. Um, did we you had, just say hand ones? That's really bad. I did not do that intentionally. That's really bad. Yeah, that that's, was an unintentional horrible. pen. You'll make a great father. That was a great dad joke. Yeah. But yeah, so you've got alumni heart. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have before we get to that, uh, I don't know, turquoise, uh, but their, their shirt that came out this year says V's up, and then it's a, like, a, like a picture of a hand making the V. Uh, and so one of the rules is that that shirt has to be refitted 
With a cast? Yeah, the hand has to be refitted with a cast or a brace. Yikes. Which I think would be a propos. It would be... I mean, look, if we do any damage in the tournament, I would buy that shirt with, a, for sure, the cast on it. You yeah. have to have it. I'm draw- If I buy that shirt, I'm coloring in a cast. Yeah, yeah. you got to. I don't color inside the lines, but I'm going to do my best. And then the other one was any former Villanova player who injures their hand has their NCAA eligibility immediately reinstated. So we are obviously making a reference to uh, one of, uh, probably my favorite player uh, ever, Josh Hart, who, on the Lakers, Hart Monitor Update, broke his hand. Dude, Josh was, we've referenced Josh a couple times. We were obviously disappointed he did not make the All-Star game in his rookie year. We were we were appalled by it. Yeah, G League to All-Star game. G League to All-Star game. It's unfortunate. And, yeah, so Josh did break a finger in his hand. It's, I, it's really ridiculous this year. I don't and, get and it. And one of our incoming recruits Bra- also no, broke his so, hand. So that's, that's what happened is Brandon Slater, who's one of our incoming recruits, broke his hand. He just came back. He posted on his Insta, he's back. Okay. And I think since he's back, he had to pass the cast on, so Josh broke his hand. Anyway, Josh had... So we want to do a heart monitor, since this is probably the last heart monitor of our season. He's probably done for his year. He might be. He's having surgery. The, the timeline is TBD at this point. But look, let's do a quick minute on Josh. He had a decent week. He had a, a couple of good games. The last game, he was particularly good. Had 14-2, and two was nice. Shot pretty well from the field. Other game he had ten and six didn't shoot as well, but anyway the Lakers were rolling. The highlight of the week for me though, Josh breaks his hand. He is in a cast. He's out at team dinner with his team, and this is amazing. It's not his Instagram. Lonzo Ball, who was what the number two pick overall in the NBA draft, is cutting Josh's <laughs> dinner. He is literally right, like fork and a knife. Fork and knife. Cutting Josh's steak for him. So is, is Lonzo's cutting style unorthodox too? Because <laughs> his shooting style is really unorthodox. His shooting style is pretty unorthodox. His cutting style looked a little bit more normal. I kid you not, he's cutting Josh's food like a parent and a child. It was phenomenal to watch. So, look, shout out to Josh. We hope you get better. You are killing it in the NBA, and your commitment to defense and rebounding is... Just warms my heart every day. That's just the whiskey. That may just be the whiskey. Absolutely. But, but the but yeah, we could use some of his defensive rebounding this year on this. Absolutely. Team. Yeah, if we could take that rule and sub him in yeah, now, sign absolutely, me up, we'd be set. Here's a reference from before. Every season, UNC gets buzzer beaten by anybody in a similar fashion to the 2016 national championship. Villanova wins the national championship. Oh, it works out well for us this year. Yeah. Good. Wait, did you see the rule? Speaking of like that, not the rule, but every opponent for like the last like 15 years who has played Mount St. Mary's in the first oh, round of the previous NCAA tournament goes on to win the next tournament. Which, for our listeners who didn't watch carefully last year, we, we played Mount St. Mary's, Mary's in the first round. And then this year is supposedly the year if... We're supposed to win the national championship. So if this rule holds, we're great. We're good. I I would not. Given our last couple games, I probably wouldn't put money on that. But hey, I'm all for it. I know we're rounding into form. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, can, a, I'm can, a fan of a good old fashioned rock fight. You know this. Every time there's an ugly game, I come out of that and I go to Rob and his wife. 
uh, Nicole, and I go, and I go, oh man, that was great. Like, that was a, that was a hard fought game, and we won. And they're like, we're pissed. Yeah. We don't like it. The game sucked. It was I horrible. hate watching it. It's horrible. Nobody wants to watch that. Father Peter doesn't want to watch that, as we've established. No, Father Peter, there's like at least 20 plays on Broadway that Father Peter would watch before watching any bad Villanova yeah, basketball that's game. That's true. That's true. Oh, this is a good one. So, in uh, reference to uh, the the quote of our uh, team, which is "shoot 'em up and sleep in the streets," uh, this one came in. If Villanova loses because of missed three pointers, Casper delivers comfortable mattresses to the nearby streets for comfortable sleeping, and Bombfeld delivers the PJs. It's pretty good. Casper is not a sponsor. Any Casper employees out there, if you want to sponsor us, give us a shout. Yeah. We're open to the money. We're open. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just a better sleeping quarters for our, uh, for our players missing the three ball. I, I do love... Which we're missing a lot. We're missing a lot of reasons. I do love... I remember a few years ago, I think it was in the uh, Battle for Atlantis a few years ago, when we, we made that little run, we beat Kansas, then beat Iowa for the championship, when the idea of shoot 'em up sleep in the streets was first introduced to the public. And I remember hearing that, and I was like, what is that? Yeah. And now I'm just like, yeah, this that's what we do. Yeah. Right now we are bordering it, on sleeping in the streets. Is shoot 'em up sleep in the streets like like it comes across to me like a heroin addict reference. It's it's a little dark. <laughs> it comes it's, across it's a little dark. It comes across dark. Like shoot 'em up and then sleep in the streets like, ooh. Um so alright. I think we'll I think we're good with the uh the T F forty rules. Yeah. Uh for this one. But so we did a little overtime uh, on this podcast, but we've played two overtime games in a row, so right. it's been appropriate. Uh, so I think we'll uh, we'll we'll stop here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but thanks game. for listening. Thanks for listening. We have big game coming up on against Georgetown, last regular season game of the year. Pick up a win and be number twenty seven. Jay Woods high. Uh, Al Severance, I think, for the for most winning as coach in, in Villanova history. Wow, so I got that already. Jeez. Yeah, he's already there. Um, so if he wins that game, great. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. And uh, we're probably going to oh. be switching the schedule around um, as we get into tournament season um, in terms of when the podcast is going to drop. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on Twitter. But uh, that. Yeah, so Twitter, definitely follow us um, at the full 40 Instagram, same, same deal. Yep. One request, guys. We are now on iTunes, so definitely subscribe and rate us on iTunes. But please only rate us if you think we're any good. If you don't think we're any good, just just ignore this message and, and let it go. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.